0: Welcome back to the Broncast, the podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos. We work on Broncos and we love just talking about the Bronco from generation one all the way through. Generation Six, our sponsor for this episode is NCM Collector Car and Truck Insurance. NCM stands for National Corvette Museum. If you need insurance for your Bronco, call Adam Boca or go to www.ncminsurance.com and tell them the Broncast
1: sent you. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still laughing about the the hundred and twenty. Comments you got when we posted uh, where we were going to do this episode. So in today's episode, it's Bronco Horror Stories, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which only makes sense to have an insurance company sponsor the show. Yes, totally, so totally. They sponsored last year and wanted to do it again this year. So um, I just thought that was perfect. Yeah, the
0: the first thing um, that you should fix on your Broncos, your insurance. <laughs> that's, that's the uh, quote of the day. Soon you'll see why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, we are in the warehouse today, uh, recording recording the podcast from the warehouse. So if you hear the ghost <laughs> of forklift past, um, then uh, that, that's why we're getting our uh, Coats two-point lift installed and uh, there's a forklift ghost in there, just running around on its own, running around. So you'll hear some noise, and we think it's fantastic. It goes right along with our uh, our theme today. So, um, but yeah, we did this episode uh, similar or same kind of thing last year, where um, I reached out to you guys on Facebook and just said, "Hey, let me hear some Bronco horror stories uh, for for an episode." So I did it again <laughs> this year. And on that post uh, on early Bronco Drivers, it has over 130 comments, 120 (laughs) comments. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) some of the comments... Man, I I first I apologize for anyone who was like, oh, this is a weird post um or a weird thing because some of man, like the posts took a dark turn quick. <laughs> and I was not expecting it. Like it started just going into all this stuff that I was like, oh no, no, no. We, this is not what I was hoping for. You know, like we were thinking more lighthearted. Um, and so we did get some of those, but <laughs> one of the one of the guys on there um I don't even know why he I mean he literally just like was like what kind of sicko asks for gets off he gets off on on other people's misfortune and you know horror stories and all this And anthony Parigi, quote of the year he's like who hurt you as a child (laughs) (laughs) i love anthony but
1: that's not what we were going
0: no that is not what we were going for and i messaged that guy and i was like dude i'm so sorry like wasn't trying, we were trying to keep it lighthearted and he was like, my comment still
1: stands. So whatever. This is not only murders in the Bronco. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We, we definitely, uh, wanted to keep this light. So it's not going to be a heavy dark. We're going to (laughs) laugh. We're going to have fun. We're going to make fun of people and we're going to teach you what not to do with your Bronco, (laughs) which is what we are really, really good at. So. Got all kinds of stories, are we ready? Yeah, yeah, you go first. All right, all right. So uh, my first story comes from Steve from Alberta, Canada. He says, back in 2008, I bought my first Bronco, a 73 Sport, midnight blue metallic from the second owner. It was rusty, but very complete survivor. Fast forward a couple of years, I was getting married and decided to sell the Bronco and keep my 65 Mustang Fastback to trim down the herd. I get it, I sold the Bronco to a friend who was going to completely restore it. The new owner, Rob, was moving to New Acreage and was loading it onto his enclosed trailer when plumes of smoke came from under the engine bay. After killing the engine and running around to the get to the front, he opened the hood to find the engine engulfed in flames. He managed to put the truck on in neutral, pushed it off the trailer, prevented the whole thing from uh, burning up through dirt and debris on the flames. He was so dismayed with what had happened. This is funny that this is the guy who sold him the truck is is telling this story. Um, And uh, he parked it in the bush and left it there. Like, can you imagine first, before I read on, buying a Bronco and you're loading it on the trailer and it bursts into flames. Like, obviously he already paid for it. What are you going to do? You know, like, should have checked that. Yeah, (laughs) you should have started it up before you paid for it. um but this is why Steve is telling the story and not Rob. Steve goes on to say I bought the Bronco back a few years later and it's currently undergoing a proper restoration in my garage. Turns out the small piece of fuel line was just in front of the carb uh got brittle, fuel leaked onto the intake and and the manifold and not much was damaged other than the carb fuel line, distributor cap, vacuum lines, engine harness and plug wires truck fired right up. I messaged him back and I was like, did you get a good deal? <laughs> <laughs> Half he price? Was, yeah. <laughs> He's like this thing's been in a fire, dude. I'm not going to pay full price for it. <laughs> He's like, I bought it from you for $16,000. No, but he actually, he said that he bought it back for the same price, which I'm like,
1: oh. that's
0: actually a good deal, you know, like to get it back. Um, at the same price a few years later and he said he threw in the parts that he had already bought to do the restoration. So, pretty good deal. Um, so, Um uh, yes, And they're still steep, speaking to each other. I guess so, yeah. Rob <laughs> is, is not
1: happy but, you know, yeah, pretty crazy. I need to be friends with that guy. The guy that bought it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> then sold it for less. But, you know,
0: it's like, there's so many stories like this where just freak things happen and it's an important thing to keep a fire extinguisher in your Bronco. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care how, you know, like how restored it is or how whatever it is. I have always, from day one, kept a fire extinguisher in my Bronco. Um, I probably should check it to make sure it's still good because it's probably 12 years old now. But like, that's a, that's a key that we should remember in all these stories. Every
1: EFI <laughs> Bronco that leaves my
0: shop yeah, has a new fire <laughs> extinguisher in it. It's it's so important. Like, <laughs> let where, me show you how to use this. Yes, where a driver can <laughs> easily get to it. Mine used to be in a milk crate in the back, but still, like you know, it's it was. If I got a, caught on fire, I knew
1: where it was. All right. I have one. Um, I thought I'd reach out to Jimmy Golden because he's got hundreds of stories. So you spend all day there. And uh, he says, yeah, I-, I got one. He goes, uh, you know, I picked up that 69 super gnarly, crusty truck that you bought from me. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and when we were picking it up, quote, in in Star, Mississippi, he goes, hometown of Faith Hill. So oh, make sure everybody knew there that. There you go. There so, you go. Um, He said, we opened up the hood, and there was a Tennessee black snake laying all the way across the cowl. And he goes, so we just gently closed the hood. (laughs) He said it went end to end. And um, he said that they loaded it on the trailer very carefully. And when they stopped to get gas, it was on the trailer laying at the very end of it, just like sunning itself. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure the snake was gone. So because he didn't. We hope so. Yeah. He neglected to mention the snake to me. So the truck is officially the one that's behind us right now. Yeah, yeah. It's called Snake. Nice. So. That's good. Tennessee Black Snake, I think is what he said. And black snakes aren't
0: super deadly, but a snake is a snake and is it'll make you pucker.
1: He goes, I got a lot of snake stories. <laughs> Down in Alabama. He said they were picking up another Bronco, this time in Winchester, Tennessee, and it was a 74. They were going to look at it, and they opened up the hood. And he goes, oh, I looked at it. He goes, yeah, it's it's rough, but, you know, I wanted it. And he opened up the hood, and he said there was a copperhead oh. wrapped several times around the carburetor. Oh. And it, it completely covered the intake. He goes, we <laughs> didn't take that when we left it. He said he very carefully <laughs> closed the hood again, and uh, he goes, it's probably still sitting there. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah.
0: It takes a special man to uh, go pick— pick these barn-fine, field-fine Broncos and open them and look through them. And I'm like, oh, nope, no thank you. When I first bought my Bronco, I had gotten it home and I was looking, you know, I'm just looking around, I, you know, looking around at it. And I crawled under where the, uh, uh, you know, in the driver's side where the pedals were and I was looking under the dash. And so I'm kind of pinned under the, you know under the dash like right up against the pedals and i look over and there's a wasp nest Ooh. with like seven wasps on it just they're just crawling on there and it was you know like i don't know there is a like visceral feeling when you see a you know bugs or snakes or whatever it is when you're in a compromising position and it's just like ugh, like your whole body tingles in a weird way it's uh, it's terrible terrible All right, Um, this is not a bug or snake one, but we've got another one. Brad wrote us in. He said, I bought my first Bronco back in 2003 when my kids were five and six. It was a 1994 fifth gen, completely stock with street tires and everything. One day after a a light snow, I packed the kids in the Bronco and off we went to go sledding. We'd passed some good places and decided to turn around to find one. And as we turned around, we got off the plowed road, maybe four feet and got totally stuck. No shovel, no gloves. I was digging snow from the wheels and determined to show my kids a good time with the Bronco. We noticed a few Jeep drivers passing by, shaking their heads (laughs) and laughing. After about 20 minutes, I was able to get back on the road, but the kids were done. So home we went. Still have that 1994 Bronco, but now it has 37s on it. And I also have a 2022 20, 6 Gen 2-door. Nice. Oh, man. I mean, everyone's been in that situation where it's like, you just get a little off, you you know, make a wrong turn. I've gotten stuck in the snow so many times, and you don't have any way out, and it's just the worst.
1: The worst I've ever gotten stuck was in my first four wheel drive because I thought I could go anywhere. Yes, yes. I never got stuck in my two wheel drive. <laughs> exactly,
0: it's just like you, you just yeah, you think you can go anywhere, and then all of a sudden your tires are spinning, <laughs> you and can't. you're like, why why is my four wheel drive
1: working? Because it's really two wheel drive. All right, I have I have one uh, Scott Schwartz sent in. He says, Brooke and I were at dinner when our friends took to the state roads in the mountains by us. So I was kind of in a hurry trying to catch up with some unfamiliar territory when I hit an icy downhill patch and started rotating around. (laughs) He says, "Um, the front end clipped the bank, and although I was almost stopped, it flopped on its side. A car with some kids was behind us, and I yelled at them to open the hatch. So Brooke and I could walk out. (laughs) I didn't get the end of that story. Like, how did you flip it back over?
0: Oh, yeah. He told, I forget what he said. I think he called some buddies and they came and got a toe strap on it and flipped it back over. The crazy thing about that, though, he had no damage other than his, I think it was his rear quarter or his front fender was bashed in. And someone said, oh, to get that dent out, all you have to do is deflate a basketball and put it under the fender and then just blow it back up and it'll actually pop the fender out. And that's what he did. And I mean, his truck is, it, you know, it, there's definitely uh, some work to be done on his truck. It's not a, a you know, show pony by any, by any means. But I love that he just drives it and he now flips it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But he has fun with it. Uh, and they had to get out the rear hatch. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: That's called road rash
0: <laughs> when it's on your truck. Exactly. And uh, I'm surprised that Brooke is still his girlfriend as of right now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like, you know, like, hey, babe, let's go for a drive. And then you flip and be like, and you're dumped. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no longer. I'm, and that's the day I lost my girlfriend. <laughs> All right. We got another one. Tom wrote in and he said, uh, I let... It nose dive back in 2008 because I wasn't educated on the dangers of the narrow angled frame on these trucks. Um, So, Tom is talking about uh, he had it on the lift. Oh, no. And it took a nosedive because the Bronco is very, I mean, 92 inch wheelbase. Like, when you, if you've never put a Bronco on a lift, you really do have to get it centered well, and I anytime my bronco is on a lift, I will put some extra stands under it just to you know, because if you move anything too much, if you take off the rear tires, the the weight of the nose is just going to go down. so that's probably what what he's talking about. Then he says, a local shop then let it fall off sideways and backwards off of a lift in September because they weren't educated. And uh, he was like, I got a new paint job each time, which was the (laughs) silver lining. Like, how crazy is that? Like, one, you put it on a lift and it nosedives. That's your bad. You know, like, you got to learn from that. But he got a new paint job. But then for a shop... I don't know. I, I like I asked him to clarify, but I don't understand how it fell off sideways and backwards off wow. the lift. But oh, could you, you might imagine?
1: Missed one of the
0: yeah, the whole post or something. Yeah, it's like
1: those dogs you can't pick up. They just, you know, squirm <laughs> and bite you. <laughs> this one does not want to be in the air. Yeah, exactly. Um, but man, I would. Uh, I couldn't
0: imagine having my Bronco fall off a lift twice. Uh, you, we talked about in the background. We're getting our new Coats lift installed, and uh, hopefully, none of our Broncos fall off the, <laughs> the lift. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting my. I, you know, saw the video where I put my body back on my rolling chassis um, after undercoating it. So we're in the warehouse where I'm going to be working on on the Bronco for the the rest of the, the remainder of the restoration. And uh, so I'm going to be throwing that body up on the lift and hopefully not letting it fall off.
1: <laughs> yeah, the center of the weight is not the back or the middle of the door. It's actually up by your knees when you're driving. Yeah. Oh, like, that's yeah. actually the center of the uh, the weight of the whole vehicle. Yeah. So yeah. I can see how people would make a mistake. Right.
0: Yeah, and there's no way to really get the... Arms appropriately under there, you know, it's like you kind of have to let it teeter a little bit. And <laughs> I hope not, oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you have to be careful with it, yeah.
1: All right, this story is from Ryden Hedden. Uh, he says, I was 17 and had bought my first car, a 1977 Ford Bronco. This was back in 1993, so we're talking. Wow, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Um, This previous owner had a raggedy old fire extinguisher mounted on the transmission tunnel. The Bronco was an automatic, so there was plenty of room for it, so I didn't pull it out. And then disaster struck. I saw smoke billowing from under the fiberglass hood. I always prided myself on quick reaction time. I grabbed the fire extinguisher, propped up the hood, and hosed out the fire. AAA towed my Bronco to the mechanic, and $300 later, it was back on the road says, I firmly believe that an old fire extinguisher that had not been right there, my truck would have burned to the ground.
0: Yeah. I mean, there you go. Talking about fire extinguishers again, like that, you need a fire extinguisher in every Bronco. It's just, it is like a ticking time bomb. You may never have to use it. We hope you don't, but. That fire extinguisher, like Ryan, it was only a $300 fix because he had that fire extinguisher. Had he not, that would have been, how much did he buy the Bronco for? It doesn't say, Uh, but that would have been a, you know, (laughs) $20,000 new, you know, body and paint job and all that.
1: Yeah, they're like $24 at Home Depot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We definitely want a fire extinguisher when you're squirting gasoline on a hot exhaust system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a fire extinguisher for twenty four bucks, and Broncos love squirting gasoline on. They squirt hot everything exhaust. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're like bad pets. Yeah.
0: All right. Don writes us. My master cylinder blew a seal on the drive between Palms, California, and Davidson, Michigan. That is a long drive. <laughs> Just Good
1: night. I was out today. I thought I'd drive from here to there.
0: <laughs> California to Michigan, no big deal. And his master cylinder blue, I did a lot of engine braking just to get it home. That whole trip has a lot of adventure. No heater, no seals, no warm clothes. Californians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was in shorts and yeah. flip-flops.
0: <laughs> Some 360s on the highway trying to get home. Jeez, when I encountered snow and a whiteout. And with no heat and no seals, there was no defrost. Snow was blowing inside the (laughs) truck. I had to scrape the inside of the window constantly. It was an amazing trip. That's awesome. Well, like, that's a horror story and an epic story. You know, yeah. it's like that is um, a total, you know, Californian moving to Michigan who's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to drive the bronco, like go buy a bronco and drive it.
1: Well, it was 70 when he left. I yeah, mean. exactly.
0: It was beautiful, beautiful <laughs> weather. That's right. And uh, and then he got to Michigan in the summer and it was snowing. So you know, it's just that that is such as life. But man. Yeah, that that would be terrible. And I know that feeling of your master cylinder Blue and he probably didn't really know. I wouldn't have like buying my first Bronco. I wouldn't have known how to fix that or what was going on with my brakes, you know. But it's probably just like a soft pedal, and he's like, "What? Well, I don't understand what's happening. It has brake fluid, you know." I don't, and he's like, "I'm just gonna keep driving, you know. Get it home. That's
1: amazing." He made it, and he didn't have any money. Yeah, to fix it, <laughs> he
0: bought. He used all his money to buy
1: the Bronco. He didn't have any money to fix it. It's all that planning. Yep. Here's here's a good one. William Parr sent this one in says i bought a 69 bronco in december of 2015 it's only like eight years ago it says one week later i rolled the bronco six times that sounds painful it says twice end over end oh man he rolled it every way it says um here's another plug for ncm (laughs) get insured first i called my insurance company to report the accident I bought it for sixteen thousand. It was insured for twenty-one. Wow! So I made a quick five thousand dollars on the flip. No pun intended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, seriously, yes. NCM Insurance is our sponsor for this episode <laughs> because. You need to, we should get a fire extinguisher sponsor as well, but you need (laughs) insurance and a fire extinguisher. Like that is the moral of this episode for sure.
1: Well, at least this guy had his insurance first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is key for sure. But man, that's so, I mean, one week, you know, you have the Bronco one week and you flip it and it's just like, come on. Uh, But, and he still has, I don't know if it's the same Bronco or if he has a different one now, he has a beautiful Bronco and he, he's actually, he lives in Arizona and one time flew up to Tennessee and was doing something and came by the house and he and I would just kind of hit it off, hit it off on bourbon as well. Like we were talking about different bourbons that we've tried and so it was it was a good time, but he, yeah, he's a great guy. Well, uh, another um, friend of the podcast, uh, John Parigi, which is Anthony Parigi's dad. Um, so Anthony's been on the podcast before, and he talked about how he took his dad's Bronco and for Christmas fully restored it. Um, well... The history in that Bronco, uh, his dad sent in this story, and uh, I thought it was a pretty funny story. John writes, and he says, we're on a Texas County road. We're driving slowly down the side of the road in tall grass, looking for a place to pull off to go dove hunting in the field. Suddenly, the right front tire goes off into a concrete culvert, then the left front tire rim catches on the lip of the culvert and keeps the Bronco from rolling down the hill. Anthony Parigi is about six years old and in the back of the Bronco with my hunting dog, uh, the Bronco is literally sitting on its passenger side, but suspended in the air. I'm standing on the bottom of the door jam, and Anthony has to climb up to me with the dog leash in his hand. I pull both of them out of the truck, set them on the side of the road, and a large pickup truck comes along, ties off on the, uh, to the Broncos frame and pulls me back onto all four wheels. We drive home and the hunting trip was over. (laughs) How crazy, like, and if, you know, the concrete culvert, you know, it's those things that are big concrete and he probably just didn't, you know, he's looking out onto the field, doesn't see it. And his right front tire just dips in, and it just, it almost flips the Bronco over, which, uh, you know, I'm sure this is where uh, Anthony's head injury came from that has given been giving him all these problems today.
1: <laughs> um, uh, where What is he, he saying? CRS? What's <laughs> CRS? can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad says. <laughs>
0: Yes, that is that's that is Anthony's problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, just how crazy in six years old, like I know what John is going through John Preju's head like that is, you know, that was me like, I, I would love to take my my kids for a ride in the Bronco. And I always pushed it too far. And, you know, would just do stupid stuff. I know he wasn't pushing it too far. But geez, talk about A close-to-terrible story, Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty amazing. And then to hear, you know, uh, years later, that this is the Bronco that Anthony restores and presents back to his dad for Christmas. Pretty cool, pretty
1: cool full circle there. I have a short story. It's going to be really hard to tell because I have to protect the names for the innocent. (laughs) It's not me. Okay, yeah. (laughs) First thing is, it's like, oh, you're just going to tell something you did. Yeah, yeah not own it. <laughs> no. So this Bronco was in another country. Okay. Can't say which. Okay. And the owner used it to escape several regime changeovers. <laughs> and uh, literally it was a full-size Bronco. I think it's a, 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 a 95. So it's like last of the full size. And uh, she literally used it to escape wherever she was several times.
0: And then this fun- isn't this isn't the little burrow from uh, *Romancing the Stone*. This is a movie, right?
1: <laughs> no, this is a this is a real story. Really? Yeah, and, and I'll finish here in a second. So, uh, what happens is after her career overseas, she has it shift back to Nashville. And no the way. things sitting here, and someone steals the truck, goes next door and robs the neighbors with it, and oh. takes like apparently there was a lot of jewelry and stuff like that. So. It was a nice neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway, and then the truck, they can't find the guy. Like, they never found the Bronco. And they're like, are you serious? You can't? Like, it, here's a picture of how many of these can be running around. A 1995 yeah. two-tone Bronco. Finally, the guy's stealing a trailer <laughs> a year later, and he's trying to hitch to it. And they call the cops. The cops show up, and he's he didn't get the trailer and he's running, and there's this high-speed chase, and he ends up on the interstate here outside Nashville, and hits the post that divides the highway. you yeah. Overpass. Oh yeah. Cement. Yeah. The in the median, and he crushes it. He takes the, I think it's the passenger wheel, and it's all the way under the back seat. So that's how hard he hits. So anyway, I was called and asked, "Hey, can you fix this truck?" Oh. <laughs> and my they sent gosh. me pictures, and I was just like. You know, how important is this truck? <laughs> it's like, oh, she loved that truck. You know, she's done all this stuff with us, and saved it and everything. And she said, um, so this is like, uh, the lady that's calling me is like 94 years old. And she goes, and don't mess with me. She goes, I took shop in high school. <laughs> it's like you were working on like 1930 cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, so literally uh, I went and looked at it. And that's like, well, you, we could find another one the same color and just move what's good left over. Maybe the engine's still good. It, yeah. it hit the cement also, but yeah, it was just—it's unbelievable. So wow, this, this poor truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's lived a good
1: life. It its was, a whole life, she's had it since it was new. Wow. So how many years is that? I mean, that's thirty. Yeah, yeah. almost thirty.
0: Years. Ninety-five. Yeah, thirty. Almost thirty. Man, that's crazy. That's a cool story. I didn't. I've never heard that.
1: Oh, and and to finish the story. The truck is still an impound, so it can't be sold. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, the guy had made like 10 or 12 other uh, robberies with it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thief bronco.
0: I thought this was going to go to like, and then it was O.J. Simpson driving down and the police chase. I thought it was going that direction. but No, yeah. it's
1: the thief bronco.
0: The thief bronco. Started its life in another country, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um. All right. So we got a got a longer one here. Um. So I'm gonna try to get through get through it and kind of skip through some of this. But uh, Jamie wrote, my wife and I decided to buy a Bronco in Huntington Beach, California, and drive it home to Victoria, B.C. Another one of these buying a Bronco in California and driving it home. Leaving Santa Barbara, we're on Highway 154, starting to go up the pass, traveling at 40 miles an hour when our front left wheel came off the hub. Fortunately, we weren't going that fast and I was able to get the Bronco off the road as best as I could. We were both very shaken up. Not to mention that my wife lost one of her (laughs) lower dental veneers in the process.
1: Apparently they slam when they hit the ground. I know some of you people know what that feels like.
0: Uh, We had many vehicles pass by us and we were out of the truck on the side of the road. After about 15 cars, a guy pulled over and he turns out to be a Canadian. Uh, Hey, Canadian, eh? Um, Living in Santa Barbara, the police and the forestry member showed up. Initially, I was able to find three of the five lug nuts from the wheel. Once the tow truck driver jacked up the truck, we were able to find the other two lug nuts and put the wheel back on. And uh, come to, I'm going to paraphrase, come to find out, the guy who they bought it from had not tightened the front lug nuts on the wheels. The left side was just as loose, like hand tightened. And he had just taken it for a test drive, took off the wheels to check the brakes, put the the front wheels back on and just hand tightened them. Forgot to tighten them all the way down. But man, how crazy. Another story, buying a Bronco and like disaster strikes right away. (laughs) This is like three. Yeah. This is like (laughs) the third or fourth story. So, um, when you buy your Bronco, call your insurance company, call NCM right away and uh, get, a get that
1: fire extinguisher, get that
0: insurance and bring a fire extinguisher with you. Check your lug nuts. But how many times have we, last year, John Bailey, uh, had a story about losing a, a wheel as well and having to dive into the lake to, to oh, survive it or to, to, go to catch get it. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, just, man, how many times, like, Lug nuts, they're so easy to forget, and they just will loosen over time. When I was a kid, I still remember this. There was a yellow Corvette driving over the—I lived in San Francisco—driving over the Oakland Bay Bridge, And uh, it was going the opposite direction, so it's coming towards us, and I just see these sparks flying, and I see the wheel bouncing (laughs) down the road in front of it on the Oakland Bay Bridge, and it crossed over traffic. And I didn't see it anymore. Like, we had already passed it. Had we just been a little bit slower, like, we would have gotten maybe hit by it. But, yeah, crazy stuff, you know, just losing
1: a wheel as you're driving down the road. He probably didn't go after that one. No. No, They're sharks. Yeah. diving into the ocean. <laughs> also, here's a good one. So um, Matt and I were driving to the GSM event at Pigeon Forge and we stopped and hung out with uh, Vanessa Woods for a little bit and looked at her Bronco 2. And while we were there, she was having some problems that wouldn't, wouldn't start. She was telling us a story about when they unloaded it. So their property sort of goes downhill and downhill. And then eventually I think there's a creek. But Halfway down to the creek is a building, like a shed, uh-huh. and Mike was storing engines on engine stands and transmissions. This thing's full of heavy stuff, and when the Bronco unloaded, it didn't stop. It just kept going, and it made the crest and went down backwards. And she said it was going straight at the <sighs> straight at this building, this uh, shed, <sighs> and at the last minute, the wheels turn. And it backs around the shed (laughs) and then goes into the creek and doesn't get, like, I think it got a scratch on the bumper. But she goes, it's like someone was driving that thing. It literally just did this parallel snap move and missed the building completely. So we have a Bronco two-story.
0: Oh, yeah. Horror story. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Last one here that I've got. Um, this guy says, I had three early Broncos, a 71, 74, and 77, back in the early 80s, all solid, but all needed small things to get them back on the road. I lost interest in them all and scrapped them. This is my horror story what a fool I was, and that ends are Bronco horror stories. (laughs) If
1: that's not a horror story, (laughs) I don't know what is. (laughs) Seriously,
0: strapping three early Broncos in the 80s and not letting them see the wonderful place that they would have been today. I mean, I think like in that Facebook post that I made, a lot of people had those kind of stories that were just, you know, I sold my Bronco too soon, I got rid of it, you know, like my wife, you know, took it in the divorce, stuff like that. (laughs) And it's always, always terrible. Now I've got one that's not um, totally Bronco related. This, this person had a Bronco, but um, the Bronco is not involved in the story. But um, I knew uh, a girl who she was living in Chicago and she went to go house sit for this family Um, and they had a elderly dog, um, that, you know, is 15 or something golden retriever. And, um, but being in Chicago, she didn't need her car. So she was like, I'm just going to house it. So it didn't bring her, her Bronco with her. Um, but she was at the, the house house sitting and the dog died and she didn't want to bother the the people, but she was like, "Ah, I'm so sorry. Your dog died. I don't really know what to do. And they said, you know, they're distraught. And they just said, well, can you just take it to the vet for us? And she's like, absolutely, and gets off the phone with them. Well, she doesn't ask, how do I take it to the vet? You know, she doesn't have her her Bronco with her. She's in Chicago, and so what she ends up doing is stuffing the dog into a suitcase and goes <laughs> on the the tram, the L. Uh, it's the L in Chicago, loop, yeah. I think. And, and goes on the L, gets on the L, and she's riding the L with this dead, decaying dog that she's house-sitting for. Well, and this guy comes and he sits down next to her and just starts talking to her. Hey, what are you doing? And she's so embarrassed <laughs> that she's like, oh, I I just moved here. Um, I'm just moving, or I'm just moving across town. This is the rest of my stuff, you know. Um, You know, like doesn't know what to say, trying to end the conversation and just trying to get away. So they get off, uh, get off at the stop and the guy follows her, pulls out a knife and holds her up. Oh no. (laughs) Steals steals her suitcase. Steals the suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) And literally like, (laughs) she's like, no, 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 no! Like this is my, the people that I'm house sitting's dead dog. Like think about that guy, who thought, oh, I've got the perfect girl to, to you know. <laughs> There's so hold much it stuff in court. here. Yeah, like she's got all the good stuff that you know. She's moving across town, left it in her suitcase, and opens up that suitcase to find a dead dog. <laughs> Oh, man. That's one of my favorite stories. If
1: if these stories don't satisfy all you sickos out there, I don't know what does.
0: People people get off on these kind of stories. That's right.
1: Oh, I I did promise a joke. Oh, yeah. What's your joke? Why don't monsters eat ghosts?
0: (laughs) Why don't don't monsters eat ghosts? I don't know why. They
1: taste like (laughs) sheep. Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.